0: Well, you know, guys, you can always go the tried-and-true method of avoiding taxes. Create a cult that you then turn into a religion for the purposes of tax evasion. You know, way to steal my segue, Steve. It's
1: a good segue, though. (laughs) Steve, I can't lie, uh, because it's 100% true that that is what we are talking about on this week's episode of the Song Topsy Report, where we dissect bad, bizarre, or otherwise noteworthy music to figure out how it died.
0: I'm your host, Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. And I'm... Definitely signing up to be the billionaire in this game show idea that Mike came up with. Yeah. Steve Trollinger, future billionaire Steve Trollinger.
2: Yes,
1: uh, I don't know if we'll keep the whole Mike's plan to build a billionaire, but I think it's a great idea,
2: Mike. Uh, you know what, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll have to write out the whole thing and we'll see what happens.
0: Give me a prospectus and I'll get back to you.
2: Because without, Mike, if it, like at least you're saying we're taking
1: ownership of who becomes wealthy in this country. When we just let random people become billionaires, who knows what they're going to do?
2: You can't trust them, uh, and it takes a billionaire to fight a billionaire. You now, so you got to build your
0: own. That's yeah. it. You might buy a, an abandoned oil tanker and then fill it with people who are technically slaves, and then <laughs> make your make your whole religion nautical themed in the middle of no. Like after like twenty years of it already existing for no reason whatsoever.
1: Uh, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, no, it is not an anti-capitalist roundtable discussion show. We actually discuss music. Now, I've I missed last week, but by the way, guys, I loved that. Uh, history of Pepsi and Coke. Little historical detour Nick is detour super you did. jelly. Nick is super <laughs> jelly of us, right? He
2: wanted. He wanted to be there for it. No, <laughs> seriously.
1: Like I was telling Steve, like it's it's disheartening to know that you can make good content without me, but also the content is so good that I just enjoyed
2: listening to it. So kudos. Tip of the proverbial hat. Oh yeah, Steve did a hell of a job with all doing all that research. Thank you, Steve. Uh,
1: but I am excited about this week's episode because there's a little bit of history in it. But obviously we're we're we're, we're st- planting our foot firmly back into the musical side of our music podcast. Uh, This is exciting because we are discussing Scientology and specifically a Scientology album that this might sound clickbaity, but that probably none of you listeners have ever heard because this is an extremely... Rare, extremely hard-to-find, extremely hard-to-listen-to album for a variety of reasons. (laughs) Extremely. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But just a little backstory to it. We did a two-parter on the music of Scientology last year, and I mentioned at the end of the second part— that there was this album that we'll be discussing today, but that it was so obscure and so hard to find that I couldn't find it. And I kind of facetiously said if any listeners like are willing to either donate the money so we can buy it or send us the album, we will discuss it. And I did not think that any of our listeners would actually do it, but I have to shout out Song Topsy. I, like, I almost want to say like superstar at this point, Ross Trent. Ross Trent! Yeah! <laughs> Sna- Get it! Wonderful listener, Ross Trent, snail mailed us uh, this, this album. I'm holding it up right now for none of you can see it, but uh, my co host can. The Joy of <laughs> Creating, the Golden Era Musicians and Friends Play, L. Ron Hubbard. This goddamn CD, which I, Ross Trent, I do not know where you found it because, like, every time I check Amazon or Discogs, like, it's nowhere to be found, but thank you. My grandpa uh, L. Ron's basement. Interesting, <laughs> Ross Trent. The <laughs> plot thickens. So, I had to do the I had to do something I haven't done in a long time, which is dig out my uh CD drive external USB plug-in to import the CD into my computer so that all of you listeners can hear the the uh the crystal clear quality of this album. Now, this album, oh boy. It's a compilation album because I mentioned that it is the Golden Era Musicians, quote unquote, who wrote this album, uh, which is an ode to L. Ron Hubbard's poem slash mantra. I couldn't quite determine, but he has this thing called The Joy of Creating, but don't worry, you will be hearing a lot of this uh, on this episode. And some of the musicians include Isaac Hayes, uh, the late Isaac Hayes, um, Doug E. Fresh, influential rapper, uh, Edgar Winter, who, is, who was a frontman for a well-known rock band for a while, Carl Anderson, who Steve and Trollinger might recognize, but if not, we'll, I'll, I will get into that. Uh, and jazz pianist Chick Korea, but also there are other musicians as well that we'll be getting Ooh, into. Chick Korea? Yes. No. You didn't know who <laughs> <laughs> oh, the scientist Oh, yeah. no. The
0: pain in Steve's
2: eyes right now.
0: <laughs> oh. No. You discover more and more every day, Steve. Uh, a friend, a friend of mine, like a friend of mine that I roomed with, like freshman year of college, I, if I'm remembering, I, unless I'm mixing up friends that I have had, because I have a lot of friends, guys. I'm super popular. Um, <laughs> introduced me to Chikara music. I am, oh my god, Ooh, this is gonna hurt, Steve. I didn't realize. I hate you. I hate
1: you <laughs> this Looks like he's going to be making you feel a lot of pain this time, Steve. Steve we do dissections on this podcast, okay? We've got to be clinical. We've got to remove emotion from it. We just have to look at the facts. Steve, put your phone down. Stop Googling Chikuria Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, it's only going to hurt more. Don't dig, Steve. Don't dig. Uh, now, just for the sake of time, because we, I, I plan to kind of go over a decent chunk of this album, Um, For the sake of time, we're not going to re-dive into the history of Scientology itself. Please listen to parts one and two that we did last year. I think they're episodes like 70s or 80s, somewhere in there. Uh, But we kind of go into L. Ron Hubbard himself and how he became influenced by music and started doing his own music. And then the music that the Church of Scientology subsequently started releasing. We're going to kind of bypass all of that and just get into this album. Now, this album came out in the early 2000s. Uh, and like I said, it's extremely hard to find. You can't stream it anywhere. It's not easily purchasable anywhere. It's I, You can't download it. Occasionally, songs from this do pop up here and there. Uh, but guys, I listened to this album several times, and uh, you're welcome for not making you guys listen to it several times as well. Because here's what I'll preface this with. Scientology is very weird. Like, both the... Introduction of how L. Ron Hubbard came up with the ideas, the stuff that L. Ron Hubbard was getting into with like the occult and hypnosis and then like kidnapping people. Whole whole long history. Uh, But (laughs) this, the album that came out of this is like the, I think this is the first legitimately what I would call adult contemporary album we'll be discussing. Because that's basically the vibe. It's just like elevator music that's just. Preaching Scientology propaganda.
0: All the all the great things about Scientology. Also, I want to point out, um, I've been keeping track all this time. We actually just went about six to ten minutes of letting Nick get through all of his intro without annoying him with a bunch of tangential things interrupt I didn't want to wow. say
1: anything cuz it was
0: going so well. <laughs> He's so And that happy. reminds and that reminds me of the time that I fell off a boat in the Grand Cayman. So anyway, <laughs> it was third it was 3 or 4 years ago.
1: No, no, we uh, we're going to get into the music pretty quickly on this one because I do want to hear your guys' input because uh correct me if I'm wrong, but have either of you heard any of the snippets from this album before or
0: this album so, that Nick, nobody it just could find it
2: was impossible to find.
1: Well, like I yeah. said, some occasionally a song from it will like find its way onto YouTube and then disappear again mysteriously. <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, but. For the listeners, let's, let's really quickly kind of catch you up to where the music of Scientology has been. So Scientology started with such classic hits that were written by L. Ron Hubbard, such as uh, Wind Splitter. Here's just a little bit of the uh, song Windsplitter that L. Ron Hubbard composed himself for his Battlefield Earth album. <laughs> ¶¶ Ah, classic. Uh, oh, and my then God. L I Ron love, H- love the horses involved there. <laughs> like. I think the horse was the wind splitter. Uh, and then Elron Ron Hubbard sang himself on some albums, such as The Road to Freedom.
0: I do not sing what I believe. I only give them fact. If they believe quite otherwise,
2: it still will have impact. Oh, voice of an angel. I remember, Mike, when we did that part of this episode, you responded with, fuck this guy. Yep, and uh, let me say, uh, feeling is the same as it was two years ago. (laughs) And
1: then we moved on to uh, Scientologists who kind of wanted to make the music more contemporary and do a little rapping about Scientology.
3: Sit so down, walk on the beat. I'm talking no defeat. We're going up the bridge. It's feeling
1: clear and sweet. We're gonna take the wind. We're gonna make him grin. We're gonna turn this old world round, Yeah. Then- so... <laughs> In conclusion, you know, the music of Scientology, I think we could safely say has had its ups and downs in terms of quality. But what I think the point of the joy of creating uh, the album we're discussing today is is that
0: it still will have impact. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's a real baritone. No, he's like he's like a uh, like double bass. Or bass. Oh, I'm trying to think. What's the, whatever the lowest one is. Yeah, the lowest bass, one whatever. is foghorn. That's what he. Uh, was.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's not even a. He's not like a human bass either. He's like a synth bass, synthesizer bass, like the low key button. You know, it's ironic enough that
1: uh, he he was obviously the creator of Sea Org, the organization that kind of the most elite members of Scientology came in. Maybe he was on a ship for so long that he had to be the foghorn for his own boat. So he was just kind of like as they were sailing into docks, go. <laughs> I didn't research that 100%, but I'm pretty sure it's correct. Uh, It's the old Hubbard Horn. They're coming in. So, like I said, I, this is what I assume the point of the joy of creating Album was, to get, like, higher-ranking members, higher-ranking musicians in Scientology to kind of you put together an album. You had to be high to fucking
2: join this cult. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, I mean, look, when you
1: look at people who joined, like, a lot of them joined with good intentions because Scientology did help a lot of people make a lot of sense. But then the further you got into it and then the more the organization grew, uh, that's where you could argue the uh, more insidious cult-like parts came from. But I got to say, the only information I have about this album is from the physical little booklet here. I don't know if you can hear that. That's the Ooh. only information I have on this album. So once again, thank you, Ross Trent, because if you didn't send me the whole CD, I have nothing to say in terms of what this could be about.
0: But And I'm, I'm sure all of that information is perfectly on the level. Nothing is made up or written to make it seem one way as opposed to another.
1: Well, I mean, Jesus Christ, like the only explanation as to what these songs are even about and the lyrics that the only place you can find them is in this booklet. So basically, this whole album is about L. Ron Hubbard's mantra of the joy of creating. Now, I'm going to read it to you because it's important and you'll understand why once we get into the album. So force yourself to smile and you'll soon stop frowning. Force yourself to laugh and you'll soon find something to laugh about. Wax enthusiastic and you'll very soon feel so. A being causes his own feelings. The greatest joy there is in life is creating. Splurge on it. L. Ooh. Ron Hubbard.
2: Ooh, man. I got, listen, Nick. Uh, maybe, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but as somebody who during times of distress puts on bubble gum pop euro mixes yes as we to feel happy i mean you know you can really get your brain caught up in the moment sometimes Mike, and it cannot not
1: three minutes ago you said you must be high to join the church of scientology and yet here we are already seeing l ron hubbard <laughs> making a point that you agree
2: with just cuz i agree with one point nick doesn't doesn't excuse from what i know the fact that he uses therapy to steal people's information and then blackmail them to keep them in the cult also is... how do
0: we how do we know that mike isn't high when he enjoys bubblegum pop music
1: <laughs> these are the real questions that we truly need to get to the bottom of but so the lyrics on this album the lyrics that are in all these songs are all written by L. Ron Hubbard. They were all either writings he did or poems that he wrote over the years that are then put to music and sung by a bunch of poor musicians who I'm sure were blackmailed into doing this.
2: Uh oh man, tell me, tell me there's a real emo one about his first breakup. You oh. know? It's just it's just uh,
1: like I, I will how he te- te- overcame that. Mike, I will give you a <laughs> teaser. There is a song called The Love of a Man, which we will get to. Oh, uh,
2: But real quick... Hubbard had a hubby, huh? Is that what you're saying?
1: (laughs) Oh, God, that would have been much more interesting. (laughs) But real quick, guys, I want to show you, because I I have the track list pulled up here, just literally on my computer, the imported songs. Now, I got confused when I looked at it, because you'll notice the first song is called The Joy of Creating, and then, uh, Steve, could you tell me what the fifth song is called?
0: Uh, well, this fifth song is called The Joy of Creating, but the first song is actually called The Joy of Creating Prelude. That's fair. Mike, okay, so what is the seventh song called, Mike?
2: So the seventh song here, let me see, The Joy of Creating.
1: And then, uh, Steve, (laughs) what is the ninth song called?
0: The Joy of Creating.
1: Okay, yes. And then, uh, Mike, what is the eleventh song right there called? Uh, oh, yeah, let me see, uh, that is The Joy of Creating. So... I mentioned this sounds like elevator music, but it truly felt like being initiated into a cult. Because that's not uh, that's not an exaggeration. That is the same lyrics, s- the same song appears six times in this album. Just every other song is the exact same song, basically.
2: Oh, my God. God, dude. So <laughs> so actually, what we're going to do is
1: we're going to get started with the Joy of Creating prelude in which the, the sultry tones of Isaac Hayes get us into the music. Uh, but then we're going to go through all the different artists who did their own cover of The Joy of Creating. A dissection is imperative. So, uh, let's hear the first... And like I said, listeners, this is... <laughs> I don't want to say like this is the first time a Song Tops, the Songtops the Songtops report has gotten something exclusive, but the music you're about to hear, like I said, is very difficult to find. So, uh, so I.
2: Oh man, this is uh, I'm on the edge of my seat right now, Nick. This is
3: the joy of creating. Force yourself to smile, and you'll soon stop frowning. <laughs> I hear that, Steve. Force <laughs> yourself to laugh. Children. Children. Will soon find something
0: to laugh about.
2: Ha <laughs> ha! Look at Steve's face! <laughs> Steve, are
1: you enjoying this?
0: <laughs> well, uh, I do I do know that there was a reason why uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone decided to kill off the chef character in the stupidest, most disgusting, awful way possible.
2: Oh my god was that episode was messed up, man.
1: Ooh. Yeah, so Isaac Hayes was the voice of Chef in South Park, but uh, it was when uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone made fun of Scientology that Isaac Hayes left the show. Uh, I dug into that, though, a little bit, and it's pretty wild. There's strong evidence to suggest that the letter in which he wrote, in which he quit the show and kind of dismissed Trey Parker and Matt Stone was not written by him because he had had a stroke and they said was not really in a position to be able to write something like that. Really? Uh, but look how happy Isaac Hayes looks in the booklet. Look, he's smiling. Oh, yeah. he's,
0: he's, he's pointing at you going like, eh, eh. So I didn't know that was three pictures of him. From my angle, it looked like he was some sort of like Shiva or <laughs> He's some Ganesh kind of Cerberus-like <laughs> demon. <laughs> some sort of like big red Ganesh or something.
1: But that's what I'm so disappointed by. Isaac Hayes has got one of like the best, like soulful voices, and he's only in a spoken word intro and outro. He doesn't actually sing on this album.
2: Yeah, he just lulls you in, lulls he- you in with that soulful. Ooh, and you just feel all nice, warm, and calm inside, and then all of a sudden, oh, they gotcha, they gotcha right then, Nick. Well, because he he uh, he does finish
1: this little orientation.
3: Wax enthusiastic, and you will very soon feel so. A being causes his own feelings. The greatest joy there is in life is creating. Splurge on it.
2: Splurge on it. Oh yeah, splurge on it, baby. I think that second <laughs> right is, on it. He's saying <laughs> splurge. Oh, I'm about was... to splurge all over this. Oh god! You know, thought he was Mike, saying
1: splash? Very few things are utterly predictable. But when I saw that the, this mantra ends with splurge on it, I, I just, I, I, I kind of knew where it was going. And I know it's not helped by the fact that I'm pretty sure Isaac Hayes improvised that second splurge on it. Like he, he was just feeling it so much, like
2: splurge on it, and he's like, yeah, fuck oh, I splurge on it. There is there is so many meanings happening here. First of all, there's the dirty splurge. We're getting right in the ear of the people here. I'm thinking, oh yeah, I'm gonna get. I'll be splurging all over the place when I join Scientology. Mike has but a then- sock.
1: Mike has a socky named creativity, and he splurges on it.
2: <laughs> but then also, they're gonna ask you for all your money. So now you gotta splurge on Scientology. You know, oh, it's like there's that's
1: interesting, Mike. So you're saying they're almost like substituting. Like you, you hear the mantra that you should splurge on creativity, and if you associate Scientology with your success in your creative pursuits,
2: that's what you splurge the money on. Yes. <gasps> and it's like, oh, invest in yourself. We'll splurge here. Oh, I need to splurge on myself. Oh, you know, oh man. I'll tell you the last time I splurged on myself. <laughs>
0: Mike, Mike, I would love for you to one day finish one of those like nineteen eighty-five, like Blue room comedians jokes. <laughs> so you don't follow through. You always that's. I always have the setup, kind of, but no punchline. <laughs> you know, I like people to just finish the punchline for
2: themselves.
1: All right, we're going to move on. But actually, I just realized we can do kind of like a mini analysis within this larger analysis because we're. I'm going to guys torture you by playing you six different versions of what you just heard and i'm curious to know which one you think is the best so that was the prelude (laughs) i'm gonna have six
2: different people telling me to splurge on myself nick is that what you're telling me (laughs) it feels like a is this is this a cult or a a solo orgy like i don't know what's what's i was gonna say just some
1: kind of like fraternity like initiation as well do it splurge on yourself (laughs)
2: Creati- Nick, creativity play. Nick. is
1: a soggy biscuit. Splurge on this. Nick, us. Nick, please play the goddamn songs. Okay. So, We're gonna skip ahead. We'll we'll go back to some of these songs, but we're gonna skip ahead to track five called "The Joy of Creating." This is by Doug. It's my favorite. It's my favorite one on the on the disc. It's a real (laughs) banger. This is this one is uh, by Dougie Fresh. This is one of the few songs that actually has been distributed outside of this album. So you, so some listeners may have heard this. Dougie Fresh is a well known pioneering rapper, producer, and beatboxer. Uh, He was actually known as the Human Beatbox, Um, and he is also a Scientologist. Now this is his version, and also before I get into it, though I have to um, read the little booklet. Which once again, here's a photo of Dougie Fresh. He's looking very excited. Oh, uh, uh, look at Dougie to be to be talking about the joy of creating. Uh, the booklet introduces him as the original human beatbox. Dougie Fresh lends a splurge of
2: hip hop to bring out the joy of creating in this powerful song. Wait a second, they they now they're writing it in as well. Like I'm listening to it, I'm reading it, I'm seeing it, like. That's the underlying theme. Splurge, splurge, splurge. And uh, the
1: only quote associated with Dougie Fresh on this song is quote, I'm taking it to the next level. Dougie Fresh. So, with that, uh, let's listen to The Joy of Creating.
3: Hey, hey, can somebody tell me where to party at? Uh. Put em up, put em up, put them up. Put your hands up, put em up. I see a bass line. Uh. What's up y'all? This is Doug Eat Fresh. Much love and much respect. And this is the joy creating. Come on. Now let me tell you something. Watch this. You know what? Force yourself to smile and you'll soon stop frowning. Force yourself to laugh and you'll soon find something to laugh about.
1: That specific part of the line, force yourself to laugh and soon you'll find something to laugh about. That's the advice I give to anyone who has to see like a 101 improv show. Uh, If you truly like go for it, you can maybe find something to laugh about. So there is good advice in that specifically.
2: Um, These guys are advising people to teach themselves how to disassociate, which is, I mean, a useful skill. But Jesus (laughs) Christ, I mean, it's a little, uh, I don't know, man. I don't think people realize it's, what they're getting themselves into. It's a into. useful
0: skill. Like if you're, I don't know, at like a, a friend's boring play or under some sort of torture regimen. Uh, <laughs> re- dissociation has a whole, has a wide gamut of uses.
2: You know, yeah. when you can, you can use it in so many different ways. I think everyone, you know, maybe that's all L. Ron Humber was trying to do. Just trying to train the public how to do so stupid. So yeah. bad. The joy, man. Of, the
1: joy of creating, assumes that the world is a terrible place, and the only uplifting advice you can give are ways to just kind of deny the reality that you're living in.
0: Well, yeah, I mean that part's right. So far, I'm on board.
2: Now, yeah, now wait. Listen, guys, you know, as bad as Scientology is, and not to pr- promote it or anything, but you know, being able to force oneself. To look at the more positive side of life during the roller coaster of life, in which usually there are horrible and wonderful things all happening at the same time, it is sometimes important to take that positive perspective, or else you will fall into a world of darkness. And I find this especially with more intelligent people because they are well too aware of how bad things are. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you're just going well, you're going to live in misery unless you can force yourself, hey, you know what? It is it is bad, but God damn it, it's a beautiful day outside. Sun shining, white clouds, you know? Sometimes yeah, but sometimes, but, but, sometimes Mike, birds some... are chirping and that's and that's and that's fine.
0: Yeah, but Mike, sometimes the roller coaster of life feels like it was designed by the guy who did the teacup ride.
2: <laughs> I love the teacup ride. You don't spin it as fast as you can. Steve. But Mike, what if I you like couldn't see... what
0: if you could not get off the teacup
1: ride and that was just your life? from now on. Well, you'd be dizzy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Sure, words have never been spoken. <laughs> and then, listen, Nick, you're asking the wrong guy because I thrive in chaos. So,
0: if I'm, I mean, let's go. Thrive, create. These are adjectives and verbs that we just throw around interchangeably.
3: Ain't that right? <laughs> you see? Wax mm. enthusiastic and you'll very soon feel so. A uh, being... Causes his own feelings. Uh. It's the joy of creating y'all. It's the joy of creating y'all. Come on, put them up. Yeah. The greatest joy there is in life is creating.
2: You know what? You know what? what? So, oh my God. Oh my God. You know, this. <laughs> Again, with the, the so many, so many meetings, right? Now, I find that. Well, a lot of cults that we've talked about or that you can just think of uh, usually take a lot of sexually frustrated people, right? And what better Mike, joy they're of... Mike, are called podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what better joy of creating than that of the mating dance to create life? Where you splurge on it, and then you get splooged back a baby, Mike. And then Mike. you get to throw them right into the church too. I mean, these guys got it real planned out. They had, they wanted generations of Scientologists.
1: S- s- Steve did not enjoy that, Mike. <laughs> I feel like before this bit goes too far, I should clarify. <laughs> sp- before, s- before, sp- Mike, splurge. <laughs> the word splurge technically only has one meaning, and that is to spend money on.
2: Uh, I believe Nick, you are Nick, conflating Nick, it with Nick, Nick, spooge Nick. or spluge. I, I am. I am, Nick. <laughs> that's the point. That's the point. Do you see? I'm
1: you, taking you one sexual, word and pretending uh, you it can, means can, something else. That's, that's it. The, it's called innuendo,
2: Nick. The
0: yeah. joke is much funnier now that Nick has explained it to me. Oh, my
2: God. Jesus Christ, Nick. You don't think I know splurge means you splurge all your money? Yes. But well, splurge <laughs> and splooge are so close, Nick. They're so close. They're, they have very similar Latin. On. Mike usually yells, it's very so close while lanterns. he's splurging. <laughs> Tell me! Tell me! It does, like, now that you're thinking about it, that's all you can think about. You're right, Mike. Uh, just
1: just semen is all I'm thinking about as we dive into this adult contemporary Scientology album. Well,
2: I'd C- say probably, probably most people being converted are only thinking about that anyway. So that's... Uh,
1: okay, maybe, so maybe that's enough of Dougie Fresh. Clearly he's getting us too hot and bothered. oh uh, well, I am
2: getting hot. I'll tell you what.
1: Well, Mike, that's just... Any reflective surface you come across, we'll get you hot. Um, <laughs> so the next version of The Joy of Creating is by two artists named L.J. Jackson and Howard McCreary. Now, th- we're kind of getting into the C-level, not C-org, Steve, uh, the C-level celebrity status of musicians, because I couldn't find as much information on these guys. Howard McCreary... Um, is apparently an American musician, entertainer, and actor. Uh, he was uh, Grammy-nominated in 1986 for a gospel record and is credited for vocal performances and arrangements on the musical albums of Chakur Khan, uh, Michael Jackson, Earth, Wind, and Fire, among many others. However, the other guy, L.J. Jackson, does not exist on the internet. I know nothing <sighs> about this other guy, so I don't know if the church did something to him, uh, but he's nowhere to be found. But they yeah, did... Was- he was part of the Jackson 5. Was he one of the cousins from the Jackson 5? Just a lesser-known cousin. I mean, Jackson's a fairly common last name, though. So it's. Uh, but, you know, there are a lot of Jackson kids, too, so
2: it kind of evens out. Well, I was trying to think of a music-oriented family with the last name there, but that's, I guess it is pretty... And once oh, again, your- uh,
1: the booklet that I have here does give a brief intro on these guys. It says, singer Howard McCrary and L.J. Jackson whack enth- wax enthusiastic on this finger poppin', and yes, that is with an N apostrophe, cappella. But once again, there's a there's a little <laughs> picture of them. Look how happy they look. They seem really upbeat about this. So let's Wait, hear- is it, what's, what's finger poppin'? Is that- does it have something to do with does that then cause splurging? Is that what you're asking? Hey Nick, you know now you're
2: saying. I I'm asking. Yeah, you just asking, I'm just
1: asking questions.
2: Look, look, if you're suge- if they were just suggesting people need to really start finger popping each other when they're getting involved in Scientology because it's a good time. And th- this is me dancing with the finger pop. Is that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Here's a little <laughs> bit of this.
1: Do,
3: do, do, Yourself to smile and you'll soon stop frowning. Do the out, force yourself to laugh and you'll soon find
2: something to laugh about. Do oh, but do bow, wax, do theastic, etc. etc. Holy shit, that's creepy. That's fucking creepy, dude.
0: Because you seemed into Where it at the beginning. In the world is Carmen San Diego.
1: <laughs> All right, but maybe that was also a little like too too quiet, too low-key. Let's get into hard rockin' uh Edgar Winter, uh, who once again, quote, brings his own brand of Texas rock to Ron's universal theme. And Edgar Winter's quote about this song was, I decided to go for a rompin', stompin', rip-roarin' Texas boogie shuffle. Let's hear what that sounds like.
2: Hey, y'all heard about the joy of creating? Well, this is how they do it down in Texas.
1: Oh! It's the most terrifying intro to a song I've ever heard.
2: (laughs) Force yourself to smile. You like this one? You know what? These guys, Elon Hubbard, the bastard that he is, what a genius! You know? Oh, oh, was the doo wop not your not your thing? Don't worry, we we got about five more genres to get through. We're gonna get you. Huh? <laughs> These... You didn't like the soothing sounds of spoken word. You we you didn't like Dougie Freshen wrapping it up. Oh, then we're gonna we're gonna bring
0: Texas right to your front door. Let's go. Let's go. I know. I know they're complicit, but you kind of have to. F- have like half a thought for these poor musicians who were given a thing to make music to that was, that had no internal rhythm, no musicality to it, just the rantings and the ravings of a fat, drunk, high, out of his mind, like idiot. Like that's all they had to work with. Because and they oh, no, made sorry. music of a sort, but it's, oh, uh, God
1: cuz it'll become more apparent when we get into songs that actually feature lyrics other than this but Elron Hubbard was not I guess on the one hand I can't blame him in that he didn't know that his poems were going to be put to music but like everything is wordy in a very weird way with what he writes and seeing he, hearing that meshed with this adult contemporary easy listening music just is the weirdest combination
0: but you know what you know what I'm I'm tired of hearing the joy of creating Nick I want to hear the joy of creating
1: oh okay. yeah oh. yeah
2: go to, that, go to that track
1: okay yes yeah, so it was getting a little tired there so let's let's go to the joy of creating <laughs> uh this is by singer uh elena roo force
2: yourself to smile and you'll soon stop crying. Yourself to laugh, and you'll soon find something to lie about.
1: Well, uh, can't you This is the uh, kind of music made for like your 45 year old aunt with like a glass of wine to be shimming in the kitchen to.
2: I, I'm i ready to splurge on it, Nick. She's converted me. Let's go. Yeah. Let's fucking just. Well, this, is I'm the, in. this is the one I'm, version. Is... I,
1: I do want to skip a little bit further ahead because uh, this is the one that gets a little. She takes a little bit more creative liberty with the freestyling towards the end of this one
3: will make If you, blow. you with joy in your life.
2: I'm telling you what, level five. She must have been a level five. Easy. She's, an, she's an OT five <coughs> oh, in the so, Church of Scientology. The, she, oh my she's God.
1: She's clear. She has not yeah.
2: a Phaeton in her. No no Phaeton at all, man.
0: Theta, theta, see you later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. That's another one from earlier, which we might go back to. Now, th- this is why I don't. I was telling Steve before we recorded the problem with researching Scientology or just like anything with like an interesting history like this is I start going down these like rabbit holes that aren't relevant to the music but are just interesting of the music itself because I tried to research all these artists and figure out who they were and what they're doing now. And I saw Elena Ruggiero. And all I could tell was that she was originally an Italian singer, and she's currently teaching in Los Angeles. And it says she works at this music studio in L.A. called Mad Hatter Studios. And a part of me thought, well, okay, this album came out 20 years ago. She's just like not associated with the church anymore, because she works at a music studio now. But the next song we're going to cover is uh, Chick Korea's version of this song. And Chick Korea. I saw, recorded a new album at Mad Hatter Studios. Mm. And I'm like, wait, Mm. that's where Elena Rogero works. And then I researched and Mad Hatter Studios is like a music studio that the Church of Scientology owns and kind of pretends is a legitimate business. But like, there's no reviews for it. There's no website for it. It's just basically like this, this hunkered, bunkered in music studio that the church uses to make its own music for its in-house members. So, uh, so all that's to say that everyone who did this album, I think, is still uh, involved in the church. Oh my god! And it's called
2: Mad Hatter because they're looking for all the Alice's out there <laughs> to come, walk, come wandering in, chasing after the white rabbit that's gonna bring them to a place to just waste all their money. It's uh,
0: cocaine. Oh man. Did they do cocaine in Scientology? Oh well. Now you mm. said follow you said follow the white rabbit to a no, the place that'll like, take they don't, all your money. They don't
1: like drugs or doctors or psychologists or psychiatrists
2: in Scientology. So probably not. Uh,
0: well,
1: but see, that because
2: because the only psychiatrist they need is the person they're giving all their secrets to that tell them it's okay. That's their but, auditor. Um audit, that's right. That I was trying to think of it. I'm like, I know yeah, it's a tax term because he avoided say, his taxes and then he named the auditing, which is hilarious. Nick oh.
0: kept saying he was going to audit us, and we haven't been audited yet, Mike.
1: That'll be that'll be a bonus Patreon special for the for for a non-existent Patreon. Everyone can see me or hear me audit you guys. Uh, Steve, I hate to say it, though, I think we got to rip the Band-Aid off because the next version of this goddamn song is Chick Corea's version. Chick Corea, <laughs> oh. acclaimed American jazz pianist and electric keyboardist and composer, who's worked with Miles Davis um, and was influential in the birth of jazz fusion. So, let's hear his version.
3: The joy of creating. Force yourself to smile, and you'll soon stop frowning.
2: Steve, you are nothing but frowning. (laughs)
0: force yourself to laugh and you'll soon find something to laugh about
1: okay listeners i'm sorry you may have wanted to hear more of that but the look on steve's face i had to stop like it's killing
0: him steve is dying
2: (laughs) steve are you okay oh he's so sad
0: (laughs) i just uh i don't know what to say just move on. <laughs> uh,
1: Chick Corea's quote, Steve, because I do have to just twist the knife a little bit for the sake of research. Uh, his quote was, uh, that my contribution just took a few minutes demonstrates the joy of creating to a T. No effort at all. Decide to create and just create. Chick Corea. Look how happy he is. He looked, kind of looks like Andrew Cuomo in this photo. In the book. Uh,
0: if if Mike, uh, at some point after this, um, if you really uh uh not zoom in on if you isolate that part of the video that you're recording and if you could just like slowly zoom in while playing that song from the end of the OC, the ooh what you say
2: it is. Steve, I did click right on your photo. Like uh, on your video during that entire thing, just so I could really see <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Steve! <laughs> Nick,
1: what have you done? <laughs> I have done my research, and I followed the evidence no matter where it goes, and Steve, I know this hurts, but you gotta do the same. But Steve, oh. you know what? The bandit has been ripped off. That was Chick only contribution, and that is the last goddamn version of the Joy of Creating that's on this album. Uh, so we're actually gonna go back a little bit now. We're gonna hear some new lyrics and some new music. Uh, the first one we're going to discuss is the previously mentioned The Love of a Man. Now, The Love of a Man uh, is sung by Carl Anderson and Brenda Eager. Now, I didn't know Brenda Eager. Uh, She has very little information on her. But Carl Anderson is probably best known for playing uh, Judas in the Broadway and film versions of Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, is he is he starting to believe the things they say of him? They really do believe this talk of uh, thetans is true. It's a little little music theater humor for all El those run! listeners. you started to believe. Uh, so here's the love of a man, which which was a hang on. This was. So the history of this song, because fortunately the little booklet does provide information on this, The Love of a Man is one of Ron's first poetic works after the Second World War, a time of rebuilding, interrupted lives and relationships. This poem evokes the delicate yet often tumultuous nature of the ties between a man and a
0: woman. Now remind me, Nick, is that before or after he engaged in poly in polygamy and had a family that the other family didn't know about?
1: Oh yeah, no, we won't... Uh, We'll get into the song, but just based on the history of Elron Ron Hubbard, as Steve alluded to, apparently the love of a man is when you get married, father a child, spend time in New York City writing and having affairs with multiple other women, leave your wife and child in Washington while you move to California to join an occult magical organization, then steal the girlfriend of one of the highest ranking members whom you were all doing sex magic with, then marry her while you're still technically married to your first wife... Then cheat on your second wife with a secretary who's 30 years younger than you. Then when your second wife also cheats on you, you denounce her to the FBI as a communist infiltrator. Then you kidnap her and your son. And then when she files for divorce and describes you as subjecting her to sleep deprivation, beating, strangulations, kidnapping, and exortions to commit suicide. And that is all before you even get to your third wife. That's apparently what the love of a man is to L. Ron Hubbard. Holy sweet, sweet love of a
0: man.
2: Shit. But let's he, hear... did, he did all that? Yup. But let's hear uh how I love that he <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna make your girlfriend <laughs> disappear into the trunk of my car. <laughs> it wasn't that kind of magic. Uh but let's okay. hear how they describe
1: it. Ooh. Ooh, this is sexy. The
3: love. Quakes and thunder, the love of a man. His pad is a bear paw, his kiss is a curse. His squeeze
2: would burst granite
3: asunder.
2: Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, I'm sorry. Now, as a man, I, I cannot say my kiss is a curse. I usually like to think of it as a cure. You know, cure like for good- what? Oh, if you're feeling down, I'll give you a smooch and maybe feel better. You know what I mean? Like, Mike, come I keep on.
1: telling you, just because someone looks depressed on the subway doesn't mean that's what they need.
2: I'm just trying to spread the love, Nick. You're <laughs> spreading lots you're of spreading things, You're spreading corona. Mike. <laughs> oh, the COVID. <laughs> I got the antibodies, baby, don't worry.
0: If he and if
2: he doesn't
0: I don't know if he's gonna do it or not, or what happens next, but if he doesn't rhyme asunder with thunder, then he doesn't know how to write music. No,
1: you already rhymed that. So the lyrics we heard were The Love of a Man is a delicate thing built of earthquakes and thunder. The love of oh, a man. Okay. And then this line I don't get. His pat is a bear paw. His pat? His pat is a bear paw. And then his squeeze would uh, burst granite asunder. Oh, Is this just referencing the fact that Elron Hubbard was an overweight man and like he hugs too hard and like he's like good game sport and, or, no. good game sport? And then he pats you so hard that it feels like you're being scratched by a giant. Yo, animal. well,
2: some ladies are into that, Nick. So some guys are into bears.
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this song, this the lyrics for this song are written like a James Bond theme, essentially. Like it sounds like fucking Thunderball, only way sexier. Nick, I think you're right though. You know what? You know I I think
2: think about it like this, okay? For the people out there who I think this was to make more people uh sexually fluid as they joined the Scientology. Being oh. like, "Oh the cuz now cuz like here I was thinking, why would my kiss be a curse, Nick? Why would my kiss be a curse? Well, maybe somebody could think of it as a curse cuz they got a smooch from old old Mike Russell, and they're like, "I'm a man who's now into dudes." And let me tell you, I have had that effect on some people.
0: <laughs> so, Mike, are you saying? Are you are you theorizing that proximity to uh, you know what? I can't even do it. I'm not going to do it. When
2: they when, when all of a sudden there's like, oh, always a bear paw. There's a,
0: <laughs> it just it it kind of sounds like you're suggesting that if you do gay stuff around people, it will turn them gay.
2: You know, I've I...
0: <laughs> and okay. that's a uh that's certainly a way to look at it that no, a lot of all, a lot Steve, of all, straight white men
1: All Mike what? is saying is that he Mike specifically has this power like anyone who is around Mike will start to question their sexuality regardless of where it is.
0: What is it fucking chasing Amy? Are you fucking Ben Affleck from <laughs> <laughs> oh chasing Amy? Oh my god, Amy?
2: that was my favorite movie when I was dating a lesbian. <laughs> was... That sentence I'm making, like, my
1: text tone. (laughs) My favorite movie was Tie Hard 2 when I was dating a lesbian. We all have our favorites.
3: Um,
1: All right, let's hear a little bit more.
2: So, you know, I gotta say, yes. Go Finger! <laughs> like, for as nonsensical as this religion is, I mean, the music, like, I don't really know what the hell they're saying sometimes, but I am not, it's not bad. It's, they got this some song,
1: good They got two good singers. I will give them that.
2: Uh, but the lyrics, she sounds, might... she sounds
1: great. Yeah. Powerful, so... powerful voice, Nick. Yeah, so that was Brenda Eager, who is... The only information I got was she's an American soul singer, songwriter, and musical theater performer who has performed uh, several hits, including Ain't Understanding Mellow, Close to You, and Somebody's Somebody. It's the only information I could find on her, other than I guess she's a Scientologist. He's the man, the man
0: with the tax-exempt status.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but Mike, you said you couldn't understand all of it, which I understand I couldn't without the lyric. Gee, which once again, the only way you can find it is to hold this little fucking booklet here. Uh, so, what do we
2: hear? What do we just hear? If from her? all what of his
1: wooing us? were witnessed from off and his jousts in life's list assembled, you'd think the debris in his emphatic wake, the shambles of warfare resembled. Is that like the whole love is war?
2: Love I think is war. something
1: like that. Uh, and, uh, it really sounds like a guy trying to retroactively excuse why he's cheating on and emotionally abusing several women at the same time. But when you wrap it all in war imagery, it just seems much more uh, artistic. And we all know the joy of creating is being artistic.
2: <laughs> oh, sorry, baby. You're just a warrior and the battlefield's my dick. I don't know what to tell now you. Now let's like- joust. <laughs> all right.
1: Uh, but then it goes into the chorus again, and then the second, the next two verses, they get into either I don't understand them or they're very problematic. But you're right, Mike. I can see someone going full primal to this. Uh, oh yeah, Nick.
3: His woman she nags or spoils feast day with tears and offers her softness to blister He buys her.
2: Wait a second, wait a second. Are, are they suggesting that women can't drive? Is that um, is that what's going on there? Not that they
1: can't drive. Well, so th- this is what was said. His woman she nags or spoils feast day with tears and offers her softness to blisters while he buys her new baubles, which no one can use, and scars her fair hide
2: up with whiskers. Bob, I'm sorry. I thought it said buy her new Volvos. And I was (laughs) like, oh, no one can use the Volvo? Are they suggesting she doesn't? (laughs) Look, you can drive the Honda, but the (laughs) Volvos... (laughs) The car insurance is way too high on those. So, now, now the blisters. Who's got the blisters? Okay, is it the man going out fucking three different women? Apparently, she C- does. It offers her softness to blisters.
0: So it's 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 connected to the couplet at the end of the next bit, which is uh, about whiskers. He's saying that um, she offers her smooth skin to the like hard, harsh hands of a man, which theoretically would have blisters on them and also would then give her flawless skin to a man with a beard, would have, like, whiskers, and it would be, like, rough on her face and cause her scar. Unless so he's like, a furry, like, like red, and it's red all those marks. kinds of
2: whiskers. Well, now, that
0: sounds nice.
2: But with the first two, tell me... Well, no, you- it
0: doesn't. That's the whole thing. It was written in such a way so as to make it not sound nice at all.
2: See, but that's that's what's messed up, because, like... Like, here, at least for those last two, but, like, the first, spoiling the feast with tears, it's like, well, why are you crying at dinner? I, I mean, what's going on? It's Well, it's probably because you fucked up, dude. I don't know what to tell you. But, like, this whole, like, hard-working, you know, blue-collar-working man working his hands to the bone, coming home, and he's all blistered up, and she's and she's there, and he just... She just just picks her up and wraps his arms around her, and it's like, and just lays one on her with his, with his rough, whiskery skin, and she's all soft and smooth. And it's just like, it's just nice. So, why are they making it bad? I don't understand. Well, this
1: also shows that L. Ron Hubbard didn't have the most progressive view of gender roles because obviously she has to be cooking or feast day, which I don't get that verbiage.
0: Yeah, nobody t- nobody says that. Nobody says, oh, what a pleasant feast day we've had. No one goes to like the Thanksgiving oh, no. dinner and go, "What a glorious feast day this was."
2: Uh tell that to the who's and who fell. Steve, come on. Mike, that can't be your
1: go-to <laughs> retort for every argument. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but no, uh, Steve, you're right. Like nobody's like, "Oh, I don't want to cook tonight. Do you want to just uh feast day from seamless tonight?"
2: You know You know what, guys? You know what? I think that's very closed-minded of you. Do you know how many different words out there mean feast? You know how many different words mean breakfast? List Tell them all, Mike, right now. When you're at, when you're in Australia, they call it brekkie. Would you call? Would you think it crazy if someone's like, "Hey, let's get some brekkie? No, because
0: that's the word for breakfast. No, I think they were crazier if they said, "Hey, let's get some mire, because <laughs> where are you gonna go? <laughs> that would sound crazy. But so, but fee- let's go have feast day
2: somewhere. Oh, wait, but what if uh, what if you were fasting? What if, you were, what if you were fasting some days of the week and you were feasting well, some days of the that's, week? That's, that's fast 90, day. That's
0: what day? That's fast day. That's fast day. Now she's ruining fast day with her crying.
2: I'm sorry you're angry, but today's fast day. You're the one who wanted We tried keto. Now we're trying fasting, okay? Yeah, I'm hungry too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But you know what let, let let let's not get stuck in the semantics of this. Uh the next song that we're going to discuss is definitely the most apocalyptic song on this album also by Dougie Fresh, the human beatboxer. This song is called We're Going Up While the World Goes Down. Uh Doug e. Fresh as he's indicating in this illustration pointing up, he has to say, quote, "This song is hotter than the 4th of July, strong and inspirational." Uh let's find out together if it is.
3: Okay. Can I get a witness? Now I say, I will sing a little song of how the world went wrong and turn for you a page about Earth's darkest age. They couldn't make it go for they really didn't know and everything caved in and went into a spin for the world was going down Down, down to die, but I say. We're going up while the world goes down. We will smile while the world is a frown. When other things die, we're very alive. So why not join us and survive? Come on. Uh.
0: Yes. Yeah, so oh quote, that, baby, count me in Let's go that, that, that first 30 seconds really tricked me into thinking We were going to go, I don't know, fight Dracula or something With a whip
2: And then all of a sudden a whole dance party breaks out And everyone's having a real good time But Mike, you heard those lyrics though,
1: right? To the good time We're going up while the world goes down We wear a smile while the world wears a frown While other things die We are very alive So why not join us and survive?
2: Nick, you gotta understand, right? If if the world's ending, how are you going to spend those final moments, you know? Are you going to be the loser crying in his closet? Or are you going to be out there dancing and winning with a big smile on your face? Mike, realistically, if the world's ending, I'm probably going to end
1: up by chance spending my last moments editing the podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being real. <laughs> well, better get this uploaded quick. Yep. <laughs> If I upload it in the
1: hour and listeners listen to it right when it comes out, they might be able to get to the end before the world ends. Uh, Yeah, so this all kind of reeks of the prosperity gospel where it's like, oh, the world's terrible for everyone else, but we're part of an elite minority that doesn't have to worry about it because we're going to be fine. So let's let everything else kind of die. But you're right, Mike. Yeah, it's that's, so that's,
0: called, that, that's called religion. That's, that's most religions. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's nice to know right. that Scientology is, in some instances, actually a real religion.
0: Yeah. Oh, man.
3: Yo, I was on a college campus. And the books were all ablaze. The nightsticks were flying. And the tear made a haze. A bunch of students screaming. Knocked me to the ground. As they tore up the militia. And broke windows all around. I was in a safe way.
1: Okay, what he just said there was, or what L. Ron Hubbard wrote was, I was on a college campus and the books were all ablaze, the nightsticks were a-flying, and the tear gas made a haze. A bunch of students screaming knocked me to the ground as they tore up the militia and broke windows all around.
0: Yep, nothing there. Nothing there whatsoever to talk about. Yep, not at all applicable to anything past, future, A third option I'm unclear on currently. Mm, Yes, there's one You know,
2: that's the problem with these liberal college campuses, you know? They need to be... If they're not a safe space, they're just set it all ablaze. That's it. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
0: sorry. He was really ahead of the curve there, wasn't he?
2: Well, no, that's the
1: problem. Like, (laughs) L. Ron Hubbard wasn't totally full of shit. Like, he was obviously prophetic in a certain degree in that well i mean at the time he wrote this i'm sure this was the 60s
0: um but yeah it's still, still. pretty sure he had uh, pretty sure he had ibs and an ulcer nick he was pretty full of shit
1: <laughs> oh yeah and he's stuck on a boat this whole time yeah that you know he was going through a rough time that's probably where the inspiration for this came. <clears throat> he wrote this on the toilet oh. actually this whole song it took a while, though. He was in there for like three hours. Like, the other Sea Org members are knocking on the door. Elrond, are you done? No,
0: I'm writing. <laughs> the other Sea Org members are knocking on the door. Elrond, Elrond, you you haven't been in there that long normally. You're normally in there much longer. Is everything okay? I'm it's only go- been three hours. <laughs> I'm going up
1: while the turd is going down. Oh. <laughs> Beautiful voice.
3: Oh. slo no child who said they've been forsaked by either the manager's cruel cry was the actual why they ate up all the animals and now I' must turn the counterboze the world
2: was going down down you down. know that's what that's what Peter tried to tell me you know I, I don't know who's worse Pe or Scientology at this point mm. oh eat all the animals I bet you eat a kid too I'm like oh I'm sorry I'm bringing up a rant about a story nobody knows about <laughs> that's your deal man.
1: Ah. Uh. Yeah, that line, th- those two verses where I was in a safe way row of housewives and no chow who said they'd been forsaken by even moldy bacon, the manager's cr- the manager's cruel cry was the actual why they'd ate up all the animals and now must turn to cannibals. Not with, uh, he, so as prophetic as L. Ron Hubbard was, he did not foresee beyond beef. So, I was going to
0: say that we, I was
1: waiting for you to finish. Uh, we don't have to turn to cannibals, there's other options. Cannibals. It's not impossible
2: to, uh, you know, find other meat sources like in. Ladies. <laughs> I've got an endless source of beef for you right here.
1: <laughs> endless. <laughs> Okay, if you're lucky, you might get two helpings a night. (laughs) Force yourself to smile and splurge on this. Okay. Actually, you know what? The joy of creating would make good wedding vows, too. You know, force (laughs) yourself to smile, and you'll stop (laughs) frowning.
0: Well, he had plenty of practice, didn't he?
1: Yes, he did. At least three attempts. Uh, I'm going to
2: skip the course again. (laughs) The, The second one really went south. Like...
0: Into Mexico to avoid the federal agents. Yes. <laughs> right, moving on.
3: Yeah. I swam in muddy ocean. no need of summer lotion. But no sun could ever shine. Through the air and water slime. The garbage became mount And the sewage sprayed in fountains. But there was no solution. of solution. I saw all I- All
1: right, so L. Ron Hubbard aware of pollution, even at this time, saying that he swam in muddy oceans with no need of sunburn lotions, for no sun could ever shine through all the air and water slime. Uh, the garbage became mountains, and spe- sewage sprayed in fountains, for there was no solution to the extreme of earth pollution.
2: Now, so does, you know, is this one of his lighter uh, sides here, Nick? You know, you know, promoting, trying to, to be one with the Veganism and and going green, environmentalism? You know, was Al, Al Ron Hubbard truly trying to save the world, or was he just like, hey, you know, give up and join us, and we'll figure it out?
1: Well, uh, Mike, may I quote the last line of the chorus? While other things die, we are very much alive, so why not join us and survive? So I would say yes, oh, Mike. I think it's
0: that latter point. All I know is the songs rocking the harpsichord and the steel drum. Ooh. Sign, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think this is
1: the first song we've ever covered that includes both a harpsichord and steel drum. A lot of musical innovations at the Golden Era studio. Uh, but the next verse dives into kind of the meat and potatoes subjects that Scientology really likes to talk about, namely uh, psychiatry. Oh, love
3: that. The long syringe, the doctors had a binge And sucking in the drugs, and making children into mugs And psychiatry to think, of all heads they can shrink They stop all copulation, and control the population The crashes of inflation
1: so yeah, uh, that line in this hip-happening song was, With a long syringe, the doctors had a binge, the socking in the drugs and making children into mugs. And psychiatry did think of all the heads they could shrink, they'd stop all copulation and control the population. Now when they say yeah. making children into mugs, that almost what? sounds like a Disney villain who like turns children into like
2: coffee mugs that Scientologists must stop. Ah, uh, you know, like like that witch who was real mean to that beast guy, right? From Beauty witch, and the Beast. Okay, I was she, like, she, she she she
0: turned a little,
2: little kid into a cop. That's right.
0: Yes. You know who might disagree with the notion that therapists and psychologists are conspiring to hypnotize and brainwash people into not having sex as a form of population control? Doctor fucking Ruth. The woman dedicated her life to figuring out ways to get people to bone each other. Uh, I can't imagine any more disrespectful stain on her legacy than this song.
2: Wait, was was that the the sex therapist lady?
0: The tiny German lady that taught us all how to have fun in the bedroom. Yes. Oh,
2: God. You know, I always I should have watched I I would like to see her come on. She was always funny. She was uh, She's adorable. (laughs) Yeah, but no, Steve,
1: point taken. This song specifically is the greatest insult to her legacy, so I guess it's a good thing, you know, it's hard to find. Uh, There's one there's other verses in the song, but I just want to get to the last one that kind of summarizes, in theory, their whole point.
3: But then we saw a way that man could work and play In summer and the sun and all the world was one For we can set you free and a better guy you'll be and give you liberty and Scientology in a world we're taking up, 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 way high. One, two, three. We're going up by the, yeah, the, go the world a down.
0: Yeah, and it goes on. Uh so I've I've never heard a more telegraph beat drop in my life. Listen, to the point where I could, I knew it was coming. Me, look, look, the white people aren't
1: as fast on these things. You got to literally count out. Okay, one, two,
2: three, which is very helpful. Although we still can't get the beat right when we're trying to clap at the beginning of these things. With that, <laughs> oh, every live concert, no matter what the genre is, when the whole crowd starts
1: clapping at the same time, then they go too fast, and then you can tell the percussionist is like trying very hard to uh-huh, ignore uh-huh. the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Dougie Fresh left no room for error in that regard. Uh, now, obviously, there's tons of other songs on this, including a song called Song of the Bard, which is 17 minutes long. Now, here's the thing. 17 minutes? I listen to music that is that length or in that ballpark, uh... I understand music can have a need to be 17 minutes long, but this song is 17 minutes of verse chorus, verse chorus 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 verse, chorus for 17 goddamn minutes. It's it's No no
2: solos for the uh for the instrumentalist people.
1: Basically no. It it, it was the most insufferable thing I've ever listened to. Uh, so I won't subject you to that um, but I will go to the last song uh Envoy which is uh once again where Isaac Hayes takes us out
0: so
3: there you have it
0: this is the The worst meditation app i've ever heard
3: (laughs) remember the greatest joy there is in life is creating splurge on it
1: splurge on it splurge Splurge. Splurge. do it now
3: splurge splurge
1: And for the sake of time, that is all I will subject you to from The Joy of Creating by the Golden Air musicians and friends playing the lyrics of L. Ron
0: Hubbard. I've got the urge to splurge (laughs) all.
1: Look, if this episode served no other purpose, I just hope any listeners... And it didn't. Yes. (laughs) No, not necessarily. If any listeners were curious about this album and would maybe buy it for themselves just to hear what it's like, I hope you heard enough... Of this, where you don't feel the need to do that anymore, and you can put your money towards better things. Yeah,
0: like
2: you know, take yourself out or take a, nice your, take a person out to a nice if dinner. If only there
0: was a word for that, like doing extra things for yourself. Yeah, if the, only oh, I—it's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, uh, can't quite can't you, quite uh, reach it.
1: Listeners, splurge <laughs> on yourselves. <laughs> Splur- oh, splurge. That ah, was it. Splurge. splurge. Just take a night and just splurge
2: on yourself. Splurge. Uh, all over yourselves, for yourselves, in yourselves. Just God, just
0: don't God, just damn. leave just leave the Mountain Dew to the side. Throw your quarters in the machine for an ice cold splurt. <laughs> uh
2: but guys, that
1: was a little bit of the joy of creating. And you know what? We've created a new episode of the Song Topsy Report today. So in a way, we are still living out L. Round Hubbard's legacy.
0: Oh, I feel I certainly feel dirty enough. Yeah. <laughs> I uh so just
2: to and uh, i got to get full circle here. They would sit people down and force them to listen to the whole album?
1: N- you know, not officially that I know of, but it also wouldn't surprise me. I don't know who outside of the Church of Scientology actually bought this album. I'm sure every member was forced to just so they could recoup their production costs. But <laughs> I don't understand who listens to this outside of people who are already in the church. But, uh, I, you know, maybe that's the only audience
2: they Phew. needed. Unreal.
0: But And I, I apologize, everyone, that In this instance, we were the investigative journalists that brought this secret knowledge to you from beyond. This is a really, really terrible Joseph Campbell hero's journey we're on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But regardless of all of that, listeners, thank you so much for joining (laughs) us. Uh, And if you're not aware or if you're new you should check us out on social media. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, You can check us out at Dapper Devil Productions as well, a sort of parent production company. Uh, And you can follow me personally on my social media. Just look for uh, Nick Brigadier on Twitter and Instagram. I think I'm the only Nick Brigadier who exists. And uh, Mr. Mike (sighs) Russell, where can we find you? Yes,
2: you can find me on my Instagram at mrmikerussell.com. That's O T. And uh, yeah, like Nick said, Check out the Dapper Devils, Sontopsy, all those Instagram pages, the website, watch our funny little videos. And um uh, how about you tell us the last thing you splurged on? Was it uh well, <laughs> during corona times, did you did you buy a bunch of booze? Did you take on a new hobby? Did you I don't know, what's something you guys splurged on in the last six months? <laughs> <laughs> Be appropriate. Oh. And uh Steve, where can we find oh, you? Congr- I guess
0: okay. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Your Mantrollo on my personal website, StevenTrolinger.com, and of course on the Dapper Devil yeah, Dapper Devil Productions website, uh, where you can find all of us in varying degrees of undress. Wait, are we supposed to be undressed? I only go shirtless sometimes here, guys. And only when milk is involved. Yes. Milk is
1: Mike (laughs) aphrodisiac. Oh,
0: baby. Uh, And
1: that is it for this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. Splurge! I'm sorry, Steve. What was that?
0: I'm Steve Trollinger.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And we'll see you next week. Take care.
0: Okay, please turn this off.
2: Uh, th- this motherfucker man, I <laughs>